Allez tout le monde qui a mangé wash Et qui mange bien la caoulea Bien pour qui pas qu'à fond Monsieur Mantolin Pas la peine ou pas le climat social Hey everyone and welcome back. This is Pagan Spirituality Today, episode number 20. Today is April the 25th, 2010, and I'm your host as always, Kveldrida. Thanks for joining me. It's been quite a while since I've done a show, as you loyal followers and listeners know. On that note, I want to say to everyone that has emailed me or posted a comment at Facebook, Thanks for your continued interest. Thanks for keeping up with me on this long hiatus. I'm going to go into why such a long hiatus during the show. I also want to make a couple of shout-outs to my fellow podkin. Brooke, where you at, girl? We need to hear you. Come back to the airwaves. Fox and Arrowind, I know you've got something in the works, and I cannot wait for you to get that out. Meadow Moon. Liked your last episode a great deal. We've talked since then. I'd like to hear what you're doing. And I've just started conversing with Amber Phoenix, who does the Pagan-flavored Popsicle show. Did I get that right? Yes. Out of Alaska. So I've listened to a couple of episodes of that. That's been interesting. I am going to be having a new email at the end of May. Part of the big changes going on here at the... Kaveldrida and Oni household. My old email, Pagan Spirituality Today at Comcast, will end third week of May. My new email, Pagan Spirituality Today at Gmail, is available now. And that's the email that I will be using going forward, Pagan Spirituality Today at Gmail. A great deal of things are going on here. A great deal of change. And it has us coming and going all at the same time. We have been so very focused on our own 
tiny little world these last couple of months. Many questions we need to answer, many things we've needed to do. One last thing before I forget. Ba of Osiris came out to our meet and greet in February, and he posted some interesting questions to us in an email after that meeting. This was in February. Basically, I have no excuse for that ridiculous delay, but I did finally send an email today answering his questions, and I hope that they give him what he was looking for, and I look forward to further emails if you want to discuss that further, Ba of Osiris. To the rest of my email friends, I have not heard from most of you in a long time, and I haven't produced a show, so I suppose that's an even thing. But I miss you, Shasta, sister from another mother, Rob, all of the people that I hear from on a semi-regular basis. Please start emailing me again. You don't understand how motivating I find the discussions that we have and how that helps keep this show on track. What has been going on with us? Oni and I have decided for a number of reasons that we are going to move. We are leaving the West Coast and returning to the East Coast. We are going to Virginia, specifically. We are leaving at the end of May, just about a month from now. But that's not all. There's more. We are planning to change our career path within the next six months to a year. I will not be driving a truck anymore if things go well. Oni will probably not be in the restaurant industry. We are changing nearly everything about our lives. We are taking the priorities that we have been talking about, that I have been talking about on this show, reorganizing our entire lives around those priorities. We are going to stop working so much. We are going to stop worrying about money. And possessions. We have gotten rid of our cars that had payments. We are selling our house. We are not going to buy another one. We're going to rent a home or an apartment, something that we can afford. We are making our spiritual lives, our religious lives, our number one priority. And that will be expressed across the board. What we do with our time, what we do with our money, what we do with our attention. We are choosing the possibility of poverty for greater fulfillment in life. This has been a difficult transition. It's hard to explain what it feels like to systematically and intentionally dismantle the life that you have known for a period of time. But I feel as though it is the only right direction for me to take at this point. Someone asked me if I was having a midlife crisis, and I suppose to some it may look that way. It has some of the hallmarks of that idea, you know, chucking a materialistic life for something with greater meaning. But I've been dancing around this issue for 10 years, literally. That brings me to the topic for today's program. Who do you think you are? Or conversely, who do you think you are. The idea of today's show is about self-perception and cognitive dissonance. These ideas will explain what's happening to me, what's happening to Oni, and what's going on in our lives. Why are we making these changes? 
you may or may not know the term cognitive dissonance, so let me define that for you real quick. Merriam-Webster says psychological conflict resulting from incongruous beliefs and attitudes held simultaneously. Wikipedia, something I don't normally use, but they had a good definition. A conflict or anxiety resulting from inconsistencies between one's beliefs and one's actions. Now, you may hold conflicting beliefs and attitudes at the same time, but feel no conflict, you're not concerned about those things, then it's not cognitive dissonance. That dissonance, those inconsistencies, must cause you some form of psychological or emotional disruption. About 10 years ago, in the year 2000, I started a path on a traditional initiatory religious system, which I still belong to today, in addition to my eclectic pagan practice. At that time, I was a different person, and I was very much into the moment and into the sense that I have a spiritual destiny in life, and though it is not clear to me what that destiny is, it is clear that I should be seeking that destiny. I began that traditional initiatory system based on the idea that it would help me attain my search for my spiritual destiny, that I had the room, both intellectually and spiritually, to dedicate myself to something more demanding than my eclectic practice had been to that point. Between that time, 2000 and 2010, I moved further and further away from that concept. I began to see myself as a middle-class white American, inherent with all the things that that brings, a good credit rating, a considerable amount of debt, a reasonably nice car. Over the course of that time, I started to live for and through my material expressions in life more and more. Never to the point that my spiritual life was pushed out, never to the point that I forgot I had a spiritual life, but so far in that material direction that I became more and more uncomfortable with the fact that my actions and my stated beliefs don't look the same. Now, how does self-perception play into this matter? Well, let me talk just a little bit about that. These are my two topical issues, but they're going to express themselves in today's show almost exclusively through my own story over the last 10 years. I did do some research. I read some psychological papers on these things, but I'm going to throw all that out. In the end, I'm not as interested in the academic work. I think my expression of these things demonstrated through my own life will be a lot more useful to you, and I think it will be a better explanation. Self-perception. Everyone has a narrative in their mind as to who they are. What are the things that make you the person you believe yourself to be? Psychologically, we call that a narrative. We call it self-perception, self-conception, however you want to view that. A lot of people's perception is not wholly accurate. 
my self-perception, my narrative about who I am has been fairly flawed for a long time. As far back as high school, I was fairly sure, based on the people that I knew in my small town, that my views were not very well liked. My belief in the occult, my particular attitudes towards religion and faith, and other issues were not popular. And, at least, for the people that I knew at that time and in that place, that was true. But very quickly I began to develop the perception that I personally am not popular and my ideas are universally not well-liked and my attitudes are outside of the mainstream regardless of your definition of mainstream. I went through a year of college, I joined the military, I found that my beliefs and attitudes were close to other people's on the margins, but in the meat of the matter, it was very difficult to find people with whom I connected strongly, or who seemed to respect my beliefs and ideas very well. Steve, my teacher, was one exception, but there were many things that Steve and I did not agree on at all, things that we had vehement disagreements about. Our entire conception of who we were in the world as spiritual beings was different. Although we saw the same cosmology, we didn't see our place in that cosmology the same way. I grew to be an adult through the mid to late 90s, and I met other people, and sometimes I found common ground with folks, but most of the time, my perception was that common ground would be at the margins, at the edges. My perception of me was that I was too unusual and my opinions were too outside the mainstream, even for pagans or witches, to be accepted, and that generally speaking I was not popular and would never be so. Some of that is true, but it's only true to a point. As I began to express myself more directly and more openly, particularly after we moved to Washington in 2003, much of that perception that I had had was simply shown to be wrong. My views were not that outside the mainstream, at least the way I expressed them in 2003. We were popular, Oni and I. We were well-liked. We had a good deal of friends. And we were being as much ourselves as we had ever been. Well, that is one example of how my narrative, something I lived with for many years, my conception of what makes me who I am, was not right. This is much more common than you would think. Most people don't even realize that they have a narrative. They think that their perception of themselves is wholly accurate and inarguable. And I'm here to tell you that that's generally not the case. Case in point, your narrative says that you're very kind and you're very interested in other people's well-being, etc., etc. Yet most people who know you feel as though you're a fine and decent person, but you are not interested in the welfare of others. That if they were looking for someone to contribute to a charitable cause or volunteer their time, 
you would never come up on their list of people to ask. Am I saying that your self-perception should be shaped entirely by what others think of you? No, of course not. However, if you know 30 people and they all share the same perception that you're not particularly generous or giving, and you're certain that you are, it may be time to reevaluate which of those things is true. Where on that spectrum do you fall? This is what I'm talking about in self-perception and cognitive dissonance. What do you believe about yourself to be true? What do your actions demonstrate to be true? So back to me, case in point. In my 20s, I said spirituality was my number one concern, my number one goal in life. At that time, at least in my early to mid-twenties, my actions bore out those beliefs. However, since 2003 or 2004, that has become less and less true when looking at my actions. The cognitive dissonance, the conflict resulting from the fact that my beliefs and my actions are not in line, really started to take hold in about 2004. It's when I began to feel anxiety and conflict about those inconsistencies. I was aware of them for at least six years now, but they didn't bother me that much. And I kept trying to change little things while continuing to go down a more materialistic, more work-oriented path that would quell those conflicts and that anxiety. One of the things that I do as a coping mechanism for stress is I eat. A lot of people do. I happen to be one of those people. In the last five or six years, I have put on about 55 pounds. And I'm not a small person to start with. I cannot use another 55 pounds. It is something that I noticed, something that I saw happening but something I didn't really do anything about. That anxiety under the surface, that conflict that was happening in the deep water of my emotional self was not being addressed. And I continued down the same road, the same unfulfilling, unlife affirming at least for me, road that I was on. And so the dissonance grew stronger and stronger. About a year ago, I went to Washington, D.C. to see my spiritual family there, and it became obvious to me at that point that my life needed to take a radical turn, a radical shift away from the way I am living toward the way that I want to be living. In particular, I drive a truck for a living. It's a fairly good job. There's nothing valuable in it other than the money. It takes up too much time. It leaves me free to snack and eat all the time. There's almost no exercise involved. It has a lot of downsides and very, very few upsides. What I very much want to do is work with people more directly in some form of helping profession, be that medicine, nursing, counseling, something in those areas. Though I am 41 and school is a limited option, 
The only way for me to make a transition, to start at the bottom of an economic ladder again, was to walk back my economic lifestyle. How much money do I need a month to get by? How much stuff am I carrying around? How many possessions do I have? How many bills do I need to pay? This is a very radical change, and I was not sure where Oni would fit on this scale. So we talked about it through last summer, and I was gauging her comfort and her willingness to undertake such a gigantic change. It's a very big thing to ask of your family for such a radical departure. Over the course of time, she came to see this as something that she wanted as well. So we were planning and planning, where do we go? What do we do? How do we make this happen? As we were planning the where's, the when's, and the how's, I started to really plumb the depth of my dissonance. Where is my conflict? Where are my beliefs and my attitudes not matching? And which of those things is true? And if it's possible for me to change my attitude or my behavior, to be more in line with what I want, how would I do that? Where would I start? The last four or five months at this point have been a non-stop series of questions for me. How do I make these changes? Which one should come first? Which ones should I accept are beyond my capacity? And how do I rewrite the script of my life physically as well as emotionally and spiritually, to avoid this iceberg that's dead ahead. And the iceberg in this case is my health. I have high blood pressure. I have high cholesterol. I have sleep apnea. I can't afford to get more ill. I have to turn the clock the other way. But I'm never going to do that living as I do now. It just so happens, conveniently, that in my worldview, living more spiritually includes taking care of your health and your body more. Fortunately for me, my emotional, physical, and spiritual needs, in fact, converge if I make these changes. I'm giving myself the time and the opportunity to focus on my spiritual life, which includes a healthier body, which includes a healthier mind. It took me so long to get to the point of anxiety and conflict resulting from the inconsistencies to be willing and unafraid to remake my life over again. Failure does not seem like a problem at this point. Failure seems like a meaningless word. I am not attempting to attain a specific state or a specific situation. I am attempting to attain a kind of situation where prioritizing my ideas matches prioritizing my actions. And by the way, this podcast has been very helpful for me in the last year and a half to sort out what is most valuable to me and how could I express that in a different way. The podcast has also demonstrated to me that my narrative, my belief that the way I think and the way I behave will always be unpopular or will never find an audience 
that at least sees my perspective as interesting. It has shown that that narrative is untrue. Oh, and by the way, I got a new review or a rating, I'm sorry, a rating on iTunes the other day. I got a two. Normally I get fours and fives, but I got a two. And I looked to see if that person had written review because I was really interested to know, is it the show quality? Does it sound terrible? So you gave me a two or is the, the content? I wish that person had written a review. And if for some reason you, individual who gave me a two, are still listening, please go over there and write a review. Why do I get a two? Make your case on that. I'd be interested to know what you have to say. I'm not going to judge you or try and give you any hard time. I would simply like to know what have I done or am I doing that deserves a two? But I'm digressing on that point. Have I explained these ideas well enough? I don't know. I think you all get cognitive dissonance. I'm not sure if you understand how it relates to your own life. But self-perception and the internal narrative, have I explained that enough? I'm not sure. I hope so. I don't really have a lot more to say about these issues, although if you email me and ask me questions or for clarifications, I'd love to expound upon it further. I wanted to explain where I am and what's going on with me, and the concept of self-perception and cognitive dissonance are basically explaining my entire life right now. I am moving away from dissonance and towards some form of connectivity, thought and action, priority and behavior matching. But it's a difficult thing to do. It's really difficult when you're doing it in slow motion. It's like standing in the doorway of an airplane when you're going to parachute. There comes that point you have to step out. But it's as if the stepping out were in slow motion. And it just goes on and on. And that moment of, oh, I'm out of the plane, just never seems to end. Every moment is, I'm out of the plane. I'm out of the plane. It is distressing. But it's also empowering in a way. It is something that I dislike and like at the same time. And that's a kind of dissonance I can live with. That's called paradox. It's just two things that both happen to be true. I like it and I dislike it. I look forward to it and I'm afraid of it. What is your narrative about you? What do you think you are? Who do you think you are? And if I asked 20 people who know you, how many of them would agree with the major points in your narrative? How many of your actions agree with the major points in your narratives? Have you thought about this before? Has this ever been an issue for you before? Have you experienced dissonance? I'd like to know. To what degree we can have a discussion on this issue, I would like to do so. Write me. Let me know. Where are examples of things where you've felt dissonance or you've noticed dissonance in a relative or a loved one? Where did you first discover the idea of self-perception? How is yours going? All of that stuff would be of great interest to me at this particular time. But I'm interested in anything you have to say about this episode or a previous topic Anything that's on your mind, I am here. Because I really want to get this episode out today or tomorrow, I'm going to do less editing 
and take less time with fixing the sound quality. I hope that's not too distracting. You can write me at my new email, paganspiritualitytoday at gmail.com. You can comment at podbean.com. Leave a rating or review at iTunes. I am also on Podcast Pickle, Podcast Alley, and of course, Proud Pagan Podcasters, which I strongly encourage you to visit. I'm on Zuni.com or Zoom. I don't even know how you say that, but I'm on their podcast listing now if you are a Zoom listener. Folks, I want to thank you a lot for remaining interested in this show, for Share with me what you're doing and what you're thinking. I would love to hear it. Hopefully, I will get one more episode out before the final move because there will definitely be a period of adjustment in June between this house and that house, and I don't know that there will be an episode. Either way, I have not pod faded. I will be back. May your ancestors always guide you and aid you, and may your gods bless you. Mais faut